I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And today was my choice. And we are talking about Violet Evergarden. But not just the series. We're talking about the special after the fact and the movie. Right. Not to be confused with the movie that was just recently delayed uh, thanks to uh, everything that's going on in the world. Uh, no, this was the uh, other movie, the the basically made-for-TV movie, uh, which is a side story, Eternity and the Auto Memory Doll. The series originally came out in January 2018, ran through April 2018, uh, has uh, producers of Atlantis, Pony Canyon, ABC Animation, it's by the studio Kyoto Animation, and the genres are slice of life drama and fantasy um it also has a special that came out pretty soon after that in july of 2018 um it's also known as uh the day you understand i love you will surely come and then what we had just mentioned which was the movie which is a side story eternity in the auto memory doll which came out in september 2019 easily easily one of the most messed up anime emotionally speaking you'll ever find easily to say yeah um it's also i have to say one of my favorite despite the fact it uh royally messes you up emotionally i mean like it does not you know take things lightly i would say that this anime is in my personal opinion a true roller coaster in the sense of your emotions are they they don't start pretty high up but they they definitely drop but just like a roller coaster i'd say worth it oh yeah oh yeah no most definitely um it it definitely takes a a a different viewpoint in everything as well uh yeah i definitely i i agree with that it makes you think one thing and then like sideswipes you from the other. Like going into this, I knew just by the reputation, I've heard from other people what kind of show this is. And I was fully, I, I hardened myself against the main character on purpose. I'm like, you know what? I know she's probably going to die. I know she's probably going to have this super uber tragic story. I'm refused to get attached to this woman. That's the wrong approach because not only does she not die, her story is not what gets you at all. I was completely sideswiped. Every episode was a new, I don't know if a reason to cry, but a new side to the same emotion. And I kind of feel like, I know they didn't do it because they, there's no way you could do it, but I feel like every episode or every minor arc, because there's like several where she's, Violet Evergarden's learning about different emotions. Well, the same emotion, but different sides of love and caring. I feel like there was a different director 
every time she would find a new angle to look at the same love, if that makes any sense. It does. It does make sense. Um, and yeah, it, when you first going into it, it, it really feels like, hey, you know, I'm going to this character is going to die off or this or that and everything like that. And the character is actually they now don't 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 get me wrong. The main character, Violet, she does have a pretty tragic story. But it is not the focus of it. It is her growth, her personal growth, her emotional growth through this. And the fact that she is setting out on a on a journey, so to speak, to try and find out what three words mean to her and what they mean in general. And those three words are, I love you. And the reason why she gets set out on this is because there's this one man, one individual major gilbert who said them to her before he died disappeared vanished we assume we assume he's dead we assume but also at the same time violet refuses to believe that she believes that he's out there because he was deemed missing in action he was his body was never found yeah see here's this is why i kind of i i i was I caught unawares because I was assuming her backstory was going to be tragic. Her backstory is barely glossed over. Like I figured that that was going to be the focus. And while it does get its time to shine, it, it, it does not define her as a character, which I, I honestly, I was super impressed with because it, it's this anime. I'm not, I'm I'll tell you right now, I'm going to rank it fairly high because it's, it's not what I expected. It is it is what I expected in the in the tears department, but it was not what I expected in an anime. It was it felt like reading a really good book that mm, you know when you went to school you had to read books. This wasn't that. This was a pleasure read because you wanted to. Yeah. And 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 like you were saying, it does ha- her past does have a time to shine. And they only talk about reference it or show it when they need to give you a broader understanding of her as an individual or to help you understand her mentality or, or why people view her in a particular way. Now, a lot of people, when they first meet Violet Evergarden, they say that she is like a doll. She looks like a doll. She is very stone cold in her face, very emotionless. She's very proper, very, very, very uh perfect perfect yeah and she's described as a doll and it it throws people off because of how prim and proper she is when she takes off her gloves now the war and you learn how why she lost her arms is she lost her arms trying to save the man she loves gilbert um and so she has these uh mechanical arms that take the place of her real arms. And so when people meet her or they have these um, certain preconceptions about her, when they see her take off her gloves, it throws them off. It, it takes them back because it's, it's like, well, wait, like what happened to cause her to have, to have prosthetics like that? Like what happened? The development of her mentality and her, her demeanor is extremely fitting and the backstory they do 
where she was an orphan and as an or for some weird reason <laughs> did you notice the geography of the of, of the the you mean the australia yeah exactly <laughs> like, I, I looked at i'm like that's australia like what's going on here and <laughs> they're building the eiffel tower in australia and i imagine it's supposed to be obviously it's a completely fantasy world none none of it's rooted in actual history but it led me to believe like world war ii-esque and the and the only time you actually see this this tower is during the movie um and they talk about it because what happens is the time frame for when the series is happening for the series and the the 35 minute special it takes place within the first year of the war having just ended and the movie it takes place fairly close to that and then it takes place a few years down the line after that i think it was five years since the war right i think so yeah so one of the things i thought was kind of cool is her job her on her quest to learn what those words meant her job was writing letters she was literate her backstory is that she was born an orphan and in in this alternate australia is this alternate weird germanish german-esque australia um, orphans are used as killing machines and gilbert's older brother who was in a different branch of the military for some reason they also had army and uh navy i don't know if they had the marines and air force because i don't think they mentioned it that much um but gilbert was in the army and his brother was in the navy and his brother found this orphan and he was like this chick is perfect for what we need she is the best killing machine we've ever interacted or created well it's for it. yeah no it's not even that they created or or anything like that for orphans it's he found her up north and she was already brutal and ruthless as it was. And they didn't care about her because they only viewed her as a tool. And yes. and uh, Gilbert's brother even saw her the same way as a tool. And Gilbert didn't. He couldn't. And one of the things and this is what one of the beautiful things is Gilbert, when he when you find out how she got her name. Gilbert gave her the name Violet because there was a flower and it was a beautiful flower in this military camp. It was just, just this lone flower. And he goes, I want you to grow into your name. Become worthy of the name of Violet. Exactly. And I, I, I would argue that she does. Oh yeah. Unintentionally, unintentionally as it is, I would argue that she does. Um, anyway, so in the course of their their time together the the major who she only ever refers to as major she never calls him gilbert it's always major um he it, it's kind of awesome he's not a that big of a player in in the anime itself at, at least in the overview of it but whenever you see him ordering her to kill someone you see him grimace and i i don't know what it is i don't know if it's the music they have accompanying it which i'm not gonna lie really good oh yes really oh, yeah. oh geez man it's just <sighs> i don't know how they do this like it, it's perfect for the scene it, it is very tense 
and and low when it needs to be and it, it transforms as the as the the scene unfolds into a warm loving melody and then harsh and you just it subconsciously makes you i don't know attached oh yeah and one of the things i really have to say is this anime in terms of the artwork beautiful yeah dear lord yeah absolutely beautiful that that what was it a brooch i thought it was a gemstone but it could be a brooch yeah around her neck it was the same green as the major's eyes which is why she cherished it this thing was gorgeous it looked almost liquid granted i understand it's a cartoon but they did such a superb job mm-hmm. that i was i would i would pay a lot of money to have something like that to give to somebody oh uh, yeah and you know what's great is even in episode one, like they they really hammer that they, that's the only keepsake that is the only keepsake that she has from the major, and it's because she actually had voiced unintentionally that that's something that she wanted. Not even saying directly, she she had saw it, and the major had just before asked her, you know, what do you want? I want to treat you something. I want to buy you something. <laughs> The funny thing about that scene is when he said that, she goes, well, I don't know. What do girls normally want? And the major goes, well, I think like dresses and stuff. And she goes, I think I want dresses and stuff then. And he's like, that's not what I meant. Yeah. Uh, and when he turns around, she's not there. And he goes, well, what, what happened? And she's looking at this brooch and she goes, it's the same color as your eyes. And that's when she learns the word beautiful. Yep. And it's such a sentimental moment because it just, it makes you grasp how empty this child's life has been that she doesn't even know the word beautiful yeah but it also shows how smart she is because she understands and grasps that word instantly and then uses it correctly yeah and it's moments like that where it just really helps define the show and it's not so much that she's being emotional or or she's invoking certain emotions and acting a particular way it's the overall scene, the setup for it, everything. And then you get to the point and it just really sucker punches you. Yeah, because we went from being, oh, my goodness, I can't believe she's so stupid or or ignorant to, oh, my heart, it hurts. Yeah, I, I'd have to say one of the one of the episodes that just like really oh, just hit hard. And she even come when she finally reaches back to the post office after having written these 50 letters with this woman. It just really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not going to. I'm not a good storyteller, but the, the, the gist of it is. So Violet's job, because she's literate, is to mail letters to people, to type them up and to deliver them. She doesn't just type up letters. She just just doesn't deliver letters. She takes the emotion of what the person wants to say and puts it into words. And most people in this in that age in that time frame for their world are not literate. And her purpose for what she originally set out to do was to learn the meaning of I love you. And that's the whole purpose for her being a, a doll, a auto memory doll to write letters for people. 
Well, she goes out for for a lot of the letters and and a lot of the work, and it just so happens at this point she's going to a house, this mansion, and you see this little girl. She's not even eight years old yet, and the little girl sees Violet come up, and she's like, "This girl is an omen. This this is a bad thing. She's going to be a bad girl." And her mom is dying. The little girl's mom is dying. And what you find out at the very end, because the little girl's having a heartbreak, she's not spending time with her mom or anything like that. She just spends time with Violet for a week straight with Violet and the mom typing up letters, 50 letters that will go to the daughter every year on her birthday for the next 50 years. Yeah. Yeah, the the thing that got me the most is that the girl they they made they made these characters extremely human. Oh yeah. And the little girl was like, "I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I want you to do this." And Violet was true to her military form. The 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 little girl runs up to Violet and goes, "I want to and she rattles off a list of things to do. And instead of going, "I don't have time for you," she goes, "In what priority do you want to do that?" We'll get this done in what order do you want to do it? Yeah. And after I want to say like five days of doing this, this girl goes, hey, you feel like the girl's opening up to her and you feel like the girl's finally accepting her as, as part of her surroundings. And then she goes and then the girl starts busting down crying, goes, I don't want you to be the one to do it. I want my mom to be the one to do it. Why are you taking my mom's time away? And you're just like, oh, you little. <sighs> Yeah, Why? but you see, you don't even know what's going on. You don't know no, you what's don't. going on you, with the letters. Don't. You just know about it from the girl, the little girl's point of view. And then yeah, when it finally shows, it's not that it shows Violet at the at the post office and you find out. You find out from a series of scenes where they go eight eight after the fact. Yeah. Eight years old, birthday, here's a letter. Ten, Ten years, years old, old here's a letter. 13 years old, letter, 20, letter. And then it it just progresses and she has her family of her own and it just like really just like sucker punches you right there, man. It just I couldn't hold back the tears. I was well enough. That was just so touching. Yeah. And then Violet at the post office, she yeah. starts bawling when she finally reaches there because she had to write 50 letters knowing that these were basically the last words her daughter will ever read. And she kept the composure the whole time and didn't cry. Yeah. Well, see, here's what I, I, I knew it was going to the daughter. I just assumed it was like a last will and testament or something like that. Cause the mom is not only obviously sick, she is shown to be severely weakened and coughing and collapsing in the midst of doing these things. So it wasn't like she was, like off screen getting sicker. No, this, this woman was, was visibly sick. And the thing that kind of hurts the most about that whole scenario is they do overlays like back to back images of, or fade, fade, fading into images. One images fade to the under the other, where she's there and then she's gone or the leaves are there and then it's snow or, you know, the mom kisses the daughter, but now the daughter's the mom kissing the baby. And you make those connections and you're just, uh, yeah. it's, it's, 
it's troublesome and you really she the the daughter knows and when she's a when she's a kid she knows something's wrong with her mom which is why she's so emotional and she's like dad's not coming back why are you writing letters to dad and you're just like oh you poor poor thing yeah you can i don't know about you but i could actually see in some of these stories i could not relate personally but i could put myself in their shoes because the storytelling was so good oh yeah and that's how the whole series is yeah that's just one of like eight different things eight different sub stories eight different arcs which is why i was saying like every single time was from a different thing and the craziest thing to me uh, but the whole thing is our main character wasn't even the focus for most of them yeah it was not even the focus she she is the one that's there and helping communicate the feelings she was just the constant in in the it was like you're watching a full-length film where one character just happens to be there yeah yeah <laughs> and and you i mean by the end of you realize that 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 one character happens to be the main character and we're just following their story but we very rarely get their inner dialogue we very rarely get their secluded story we all it, Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, we almost exclusively get to see everyone else's thoughts about her. That is a really awesome way to tell a story, at least visually like that. Yeah. And yeah, no, you are right. I, I was trying to think about it. And yeah, her very first. <laughs> so when she doesn't know what love is and when she's still trying to figure it out, this beautiful, very eligible bachelorette comes in, debutante, whatever you'd like to call her. And she is like, I need you to write a letter to this man telling him that he's not worth my time, essentially. And that's exactly what Violet writes down. And the lady comes in distraught later. She goes, I don't know what I'm going to do. I loved him. I just wanted him to try harder. Why couldn't you see that? And that was a kind of a turning point. You didn't see her writing the letter. You just saw the result of the letter. Yeah. In that particular instance. And you have all these auto dolls. You have one who <laughs> looks like a gypsy. <laughs> like if I'm being, she, she looks like, um, Oh, shish kebab. What's that? What, what is the Isabel? Is that, is that the chick's name from Notre Dame? Uh, Hunchback? So. yeah. Yeah. She looks like her. If you, if you end up looking her up and it's quite funny because she's extremely good at her job extremely good and she'll hear what you say won't write down a word of it you'll be like i think the sky's blue today and she'll write something like my heart sings just says the sun caresses the mountain and you're like where is this coming it's beautiful and oh yeah i mean if i wanted to have someone write for me this is exactly how i'd want it done because you couldn't say no and but that's what they're hired for that's their whole purpose and yeah, it's awesome. It is. It's really beautiful. And I'd have to say, aside from from the episode where uh, she's writing the letters for the daughter, another one where you really learn she's really coming into her own is the special episode 14. That's a 34 minute long uh, episode. Oh, jeez, that. Yeah. I don't know where they took that from because she still acted like the, the she didn't realize the major major had passed on. I think that special was supposed to happen like in the middle somewhere. It, yeah, it is supposed to happen in the middle somewhere. So here's the thing, though. 
anyways, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, that special was, I'd have to say, a a true turning point, and and it really helps tie in the overall theme for it for her trying to understand what i love you means also it it answered a question i had and my girl had when we were watching the festival where the plane was flying over and dumping letters everywhere she goes well how are you supposed to deliver those and in the special you find a warehouse and i found a much sadder answer than i wanted to yeah and the letters that are flown are, are being flung out of the airplane in the festival, at, not necessarily as confetti, but as like, hey, everyone loves letters, you know, they're letters that were sent during the war with either an improper return address or sending address or both, or they didn't reach the destination because the, the, the person they were intended for passed away. And there was no way to return it because the person that sent it also passed away or was unreachable. So they had a literal warehouse full of these unresolved letters and these unresolved letters. You come to understand that just like when she's writing out these things and, and the, uh, as an auto doll makes these beautiful words onto paper, these beautiful emotions flow from the paper. Every of one of these letters is exactly like that. Somebody's feelings, somebody's happiness, somebody's joy, somebody's effort goes into these. And the fact that there's a warehouse full of them just makes you feel a, a little lost. At least that's how it made me feel. It made me feel like it was not only just a disgrace, but at the same time, it just hurt. Oh, yeah. You're like all, all of these, all of these things that could have been never will be. Yep. All of these letters that somebody poured their feelings in will never be read. Yeah. And uh, when she took that emotion, when she took all the, or not emotion, but all those feelings and the, and the thoughts and, and effort that other people have put into there, she finally wrote a letter that the other main character, Irma, for the special wanted, which was a heart felt letter that made women's hearts yearn and men's hearts beat and and her co uh co-workers and everyone else at the post office tried helping her write this letter because it was very difficult she wasn't yeah. told i i want to say this or that and everything else she was just simply <laughs> said i want a letter that makes everyone's hearts women's hearts yearn and men's heart beat that's yeah, it. that was that was one of the hardest things. Like if you it feels like she was given a re creative writing assignment for in high school and you're like, but I don't know how to write yet. Yeah. And what ends up happening is she writes and writes and writes and keeps coming back with letters and different points and every single time she says no. And what really turn was the turning point was Irma had a fiance and she was absolutely in love with and she can't move on and so you find out that she can't so uh violet's following her and she talks to violet and says have you ever loved someone you know you went to war and you love that person says, yes i do well how do they feel when they when you saw them again i don't know i haven't seen them 
I lost track of him during the last battle. I don't know where he's at, what he's doing, or anything. No one's told me anything. And at that point, at that point, Irma understood that Violet was in the same boat. She doesn't know what happened to her lover. She doesn't know what happened to the person that means the most to her. And also at that same point, after Violet had gone to the warehouse of undeliverable letters, wrote the most beautiful letter you could ever imagine, and all her coworkers and her boss are all sitting in a row behind her, bawling their eyes out. And I was tearing up too from the from the lyrics. Yeah. Um all looking at her too, just like completely amazed. I think we're missing one key factor in, in the special. She was contracted to write a letter, but she didn't realize that she wasn't really contracted to write a letter. She was contracted to write the final song in an opera, which was a love letter to her lost soldier. And that's where she was like, but I only write letters. And that's where this whole thing came from. And I can't paraphrase correctly, but it was something along the lines of, um, even though you're not with me, I can still feel your love. And even though you've left me, I still love you. And I hope you feel my love. I can't see you. I can't touch you, but I can, I know you're there. Yeah. And And I was like, dear Lord. Yeah. Just yeah. Right in the feels, right in the feels every single time. Ugh. yeah. So at the end though, this is where, this is where I'm like, where uh, Mama Mal and I, we were both, both, uh, both she and I agree. Um, we agree that Gilbert probably is alive. No body was found. And at the end of the episode, at the end of the episode uh, of episode 13, you yep. just see a reaction. She stops and is taken aback by who it is and then continues to speak with a smile. That's it. See, I... <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I watched it about three hours ago, like the final episode. I watched it twice because I was like, there's got to be hints. There's got to be. And I was thinking, who could it possibly be to elicit that reaction? Gilbert. Yes. Yep. Was there anybody else? I couldn't think of it, but at the same time, I couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on what I wanted it to be more. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because I, I really did not want it to be Gilbert. Really did not want it. Not because I think that it'd be it'd be kind of a waste a, a waste to my feelings, but I figured it, I, I, the way I see it, it would be a waste to the story. You would betray the entire premise. You would betray the entire, I would say, movement of the of the show if Gilbert were alive. Oh, I don't know about that. I'd have to disagree with you on that. Because the entire premise for her isn't that Gilbert is dead and they never outright say he's dead and she still believes he is very much alive. Everything that she does, everything that she says, how she interacts, everything. But I thought when she interacted, when she confronted the boss and he was like, I just couldn't tell you, I thought that was confirmation enough. Yes, you are correct. They did not find a body. However, even after they, she confronted they, him, she went back there. Even after oh, yeah. that, she was looking for his body. Well, she, she was, was looking for looking. anything. And even after that, she had said, she even said several times, I don't know where he is, but I know he's out there. 
that could just be just self-preservation. Well, you never you know? know. Never know. I mean, it it is. Let's think about this. If if Gilbert was alive, if the major was alive, wouldn't he have contacted his family first? Wouldn't assuming his family- you're assuming that he was awake, coherent, or even remembered. He was in an explosion with violence. He could have been knocked into a coma. He could have uh, got hit and ended up having amnesia. Uh, He could have... Very possibly, yeah. So, I mean, like, you have alternate reactions, alternate ways to be able to do it. He could have been taken captive and then finally was released after the fact, too. I get that too, but my my argument for that is why would you hire a doll to come write you a letter? Obviously, you'd know who it was, who was coming, if you could specifically ask for Violet. But if he was going to write a letter, well, okay, you can make the argument, I guess, that he'd write a letter to his family. But crap, now you got me thinking. Yeah, see, that's that's the problem, right? Oh, and the movie's been postponed, <laughs> and from the cover art it looks like he may be introduced there in some way somehow possibly i don't know i don't know but i don't know i I think we got to wrap it up though i think we could dwell on this for hours i really do i have an idea let's wrap it up but in a way that we haven't quite done before i want your saddest story out of this whole thing what got you the worst oh i I already said Oh, okay. So I'll tell you mine then. The one that got me the worst, the absolute worst, is when she had to go. Well, she didn't have to. When she went to go write that children's play for the playwright who lost his youngest daughter, who just so happened to be the exact image, I guess you could say, of Violet. And when he was like, I just want to see what she would look like if she had this parasail. What was it? Was it a parasail? Parasol. No, no. She, he didn't say what she would look like. She loved it. And that was her running over the, running over the river or running over the thing. What, what is that umbrella called? A parasol? Parasol. Okay. I was thinking parasail, but yeah, parasol. And he goes, I just want to see her run over run over the lake on the leaves with it and she goes okay and she does it without a a thought and not realizing he wasn't being serious either yeah yeah not it was it was like under his breath almost but she took it as a i'll do it if it'll help you and i thought it was so awesome that she like full-on ran and did actually run on the leaves granted she only made it like three steps with, I should probably mention the leaves were floating on the river, um, on the lake. Sorry. She made it three steps and she felt like a failure. And he goes, no, you've given me the best gift you could ever. I, I could have ever received. My daughter told me that one day she would show me and you just showed me. So you have made my daughter's promise come true. And I could not be more grateful. Oh, yeah. And I was like, dang that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And. Because of that, because of that whole thing, and the whole purpose for him writing the play, too, was he wanted to write a story, or not write a story, but he wanted to complete the story that he was already telling his daughter. Yeah. Every, man, almost every episode, right there, not not even pulling a punch, it's just right there, full force. 
And I don't even know how they did it. Like I was on guard. I was on guard hard, but I, I was on guard for the main character. Like there was a few instances where I was starting to get choked up and then I heard Violet talk and I'm like, nah, I'm good. But when she remained silent is when it, it just, mm. yep. Yep. So on a scale of up to 10, sir, how would you rate this? It's a rare one. It's a rare one because I don't have any negatives. So that means it's a 10. It's got a solid 10 out of me. Right on. The, the story was superb. The visuals, I would honestly say are second to none. Like I have yet to see if I had to rank like number one for just animation story, this would take the top spot by, I would say a very fair margin. Oh yeah. And, and uh, I got to agree with you. I got to give it a perfect 10 myself. It overall, it was a beautiful story. It was beautifully told and the animation all the way through it. Beautiful all the way. And the music that helped coincide it again, top notch. I mean, you could not have expected any better out of this. Now I did watch it with subtitles while in English. What did you do? I watched it subs only. I would highly recommend you trying the English version. They with the subs, it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. The, The subs are awesome, but the English version a few times added a little bit extra oomph to the story. Not much. They didn't go overboard, but it was just like reading it. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's sad. Hearing it uh, didn't, did not, did not sit well with me <laughs> a few times. Well, in that case, I would uh, have to say at least watch it subbed. Yeah. And, and uh, in the original. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, it was beautifully done regardless. Regardless, it was beautifully yeah. done. So it's a perfect 10 yeah. for both of us. Right on, man. It's, I think, what, like maybe five times we've both given something a 10? No, I don't think we've ever both given something a 10. I think we've separately given something a 10 maybe three or four times. Maybe. But yeah, I don't think we've ever agreed on a 10. Uh, you're lying, April crap yeah hey you want something that really will ruin your weekend watch this and you're lying <laughs> april you'll yeah. be set for tears for the next month <laughs> i was gonna say we're currently in the covid19 uh quarantine you want to stay inside and get some tears going on you want to get those tear ducts working watch those two and you'll be fine you will run out of tissue paper faster than if you had <laughs> irritable bowel syndrome exactly (laughs) all right uh so next week is your choice next week is my choice Alrighty, we're gonna lighten things up next week for my choice (laughs) because yeah i don't i don't want to do another one uh not not for at least a little while um so we were talking actually on discord about season two for how not to summon a demon lord um comes out in what 2021 i think is what we said yeah yeah, it comes out, uh, okay. I think, early 2021. It was finally announced just uh, pretty recently, too. I think it was announced uh, about a week or so ago from uh, the time we're recording this. All right, sweet. So in that case, my choice next week is season one of How Not to Summon a Demon Lord. All right. That's definitely a nice uh, lighthearted change of pace. 
<laughs> yeah, I love it. I, I, I've seen it before. I thoroughly enjoy it. Ah, I've seen it before, too. Um, this is uh, definitely going to be a good one. I know that for a fact. <laughs> I wonder if they added anything, if they dubbed it yet or not. I hope not, because it was good the way it was. I don't know. I can't really see. I, I really don't see any voice actors who could portray these particular characters with any range of success. At least none that I know of. So so it uh, originally came out in July 2018, ran through September 2018. It is 12 episodes long. And surprise, surprise, it's comedy, etchy, fantasy, harem, and magic. <laughs> uh, heavy emphasis on the magic. I love it. <laughs> yeah if that's what you want to call it go ahead call it heavy emphasis on the magic there big guy well and just just you know just imagine you got to recharge somehow right yep yep we'll go with <laughs> that we'll talk about that next week indeed well uh thanks for uh listening to us hope you enjoyed uh this week's choice if you've seen uh this week's last week's any other choices feel free to let us know what you thought of them reaching out to us on our email uh featured anime podcast at gmail.com at those anime guys on twitter you can also reach out to us on facebook at featured anime podcast or you can join us in our Discord server. We do uh, like to talk a little bit about what we're watching and everything else, including sharing random pictures of our animals all <laughs> in our Discord server. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, go ahead and leave a comment and subscribe to us on your favorite platform. Until next time, I'm Jack. And I'm Rick. And we'll see you next time. 